1: For more information on the X Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net.
2: Hi, curious minds out there in our ever expanding radio land. Welcome to CC with BB. Connecting with Coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. That's me. This is the only radio show in the world dedicated to the study of coincidences, synchronicity, and serendipity. We are coming to you through the X Zone broadcast network located in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and broadcasting all over the world. What is the relationship between mind and brain? Does brain produce consciousness, or does the greater consciousness produce brain? How do mind and brain interact with each other? I'm a psychiatrist. I study this question in my office. I help people with medications and psychotherapy. I work in both the mind and in the brain. You need your mind to recognize a coincidence and your brain to talk about it. Coincidences alert us to the mysterious hiding in plain sight. In other words, coincidences alert us possible causal connections not recognized by modern science. The phrase connecting with coincidence is my coincidence brand. It is the name of my book, my Psychology Today blog, my website, and my social media sites. To find any and all of them, please put connecting with coincidence in in your search engine. Would you like to know how sensitive you are to coincidences? Take the Weird Coincidence Survey on my website, Connecting with Coincidence. The I Ching, also known as the Book of Changes, is humanity's oldest oracle. It is regularly consulted on matters relating to business, relationships, politics, and other aspects of life. Why am I talking about the I Ching? Our guest, Mary Kay Landon, will tell us a lot more. This book is the preeminent book among six Confucian classics. The I Ching has influenced the development of various Chinese philosophical systems, including Taoism, Confucianism, and the yin-yang school. Throwing the coins of the I Ching intentionally creates coincidences between the mind of the asker and the pages in the book. Like all mantic methods, like all divinity, divining methods, it is intended to clarify the present and predict the future. The I Ching originated within the worldview of ancient China, in which the spiritual aspect of reality was accorded equal importance to the physical and the psychic. Using the I Ching is a form of bibliomancy, the random selection of pages from a sacred book. The I Ching is a collection of 64 six-line hexagrams, with each figure having a name which is elaborated upon in its accompanying text. Our guest today, Mary Kay Landon, received her Ph.D. in East-West Psychology from the California Institute of Integral Studies in San Francisco. After pursuing a curriculum that included Jungian psychology and Chinese history and philosophy, she developed a dissertation that introduced a systematic method of studying meaningful coincidences. It was called On Receiving Unexpected Money. Her findings were very interesting, and I asked her to publish them in an edition of Psychiatric Annals, for which I was the editor. There's a lot of interesting ideas about how people's attitudes towards finding money and coincidences in general influences what they experience. Over a decade after arriving at the Institute, Mary Kay became a regular practitioner of the I Ching and regularly regularly consulted the book on matters relating to her small business, relationships, and other aspects of life. Upon entering the Institute, she embarked on a more formal study of this ancient oracle with Taiwanese scholar and author Dr. Yi Wu. Under his guidance, she not only gained an essential Chinese perspective on the book, but also came to appreciate how the I Ching influenced the development of other Chinese philosophical schools. Since that time she has presented lectures on the I Ching in various forums and conducted readings for many friends and clients. She has launched her own website devoted to the I Ching called decisionpointiching.com and blogs periodically on how the wisdom of the I Ching can be elicited to contact to comment on national politics and to predict education election results now that one is really one that got me Mary Kay predicting (laughs) election results so we we're going to get more in detail in our next segment which will begin in a little while but one of the real questions I'm going to have is how do you imagine that the I Ching does this predict election results and I'm also going to be asking you questions about how you think the I Ching works. Um, it has, to me, there's something to do with uh, the chaos theory in the sense that the on the one edge of chaos and the other edge is organization. And the I Ching plays very clearly on the edge of chaos and order, especially when the order is is throwing the coins and the confusion or the chaos is what's the future going to bring we will be back with Mary Kay after a short break Connecting with Coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. Our guest today is an old colleague and friend of mine, Mary Kay Landon, who I met through her work and her dissertation on unexpected money, and very interesting findings uh, reported in Psychiatric Annals, which is listed on my website, Connecting with Coincidence. But here, Mary Kay is going to be talking about a long-standing interest in her, in the in in of hers, in the I Ching. So, Mary Kay, you, I've given you given the audience a little background on how you got interested in the I Ching. But uh, I imagine your interest began before that. Uh, what what tra- like has attracted you to this oracle?
6: Um, yes, it did begin in the early eighties. Actually, I was a young woman living uh, in San Francisco. I had just moved there about a year previously with it it was in a very troubled relationship and I wanted to start a small business and actually I had started a small business and was kind of you know struggling with a bit and I met a counselor who was living in the same house as where I had my business and he kind of offered his services I kind of needed a mentor at that time I was very as I said young I was living in San Francisco where I had no family I, w- I didn't really have, I didn't know very many people and here I was, you know, kind of embarking, striking out on my own with a business. And so I entered into a counseling relationship with this man. He, he wasn't a, a licensed psychologist per se, but more I would call him a, more of a mentor or a coach. And he had actually um, written his dissertation from the same school that I ended up going to on using the I Ching as a diagnostic tool for prescribing Bach flower remedies, I know that sounds very California, and it was. Um, except boxflower flower remedies co- actually come from England. But at any rate, <laughs> so we started in our sessions on using the I Ching first in this very specific context because he thought I could use some boxflower flower remedies to kind of help calm my psyche during this very tr- kind of troubling time where I was entering into a whole new realm, taking a whole new level of risk because um, I had, you know had quit a job and was basically you know starting a business. So. I was in a very um liminal space at that time. And so what did you say
2: liminal? Did you say liminal, liminal, like
6: yeah, liminal, kind of between the worlds space. I call that I
2: call, I call those uh, transition times that that yes. are full of emotion and need and those situations tend to increase the likelihood of coincidences. That one that you were in.
6: Oh absolutely. Yeah, I know. I've read, I I see that in your work and I completely concur. Um so basically we started using the I Ching for more decisions that I was facing. and There were many, you know, about, you know, acquiring clients and how to bid on jobs. And it was a graphics business that I was running. And so it was a very client-specific, client-focused business. So, uh, so we started using the I Ching for that. And I started to see how these answers really kind of bore themselves out in reality and how um, I was being supported through these responses from the I Ching. But not only that, there was kind of a wise sage that was a voice that was coming through the readings that was very supportive voice for me, at a, you know, again, as a young woman in a town where I didn't know many. Geico
3: asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would.
0: Don't wait. Visit com slash save. SonoBello.com slash save.
6: SonoBello.com slash save. People, no family, and this voice was so supportive around kind of supporting me in this endeavor. And even Michael, I remember at the time, was kind of commenting that the Yi Cheng was really being very supportive of me, even referring to me as, you know, the superior person and all of that. Of course, they say in the, the old text, it's superior man, but, you know, I was obviously a woman. So to me, you know, I, I didn't take that too personally. I thought, okay, superior person, that's nice. And he was saying that, you know, the I Ching was being very supportive. So I because I saw this voice coming through the text, I thought, I want to start studying this on my own. So I started with a book, which I recommend, called The Illustrated I Ching by R.L. Wing. It's a nice, accessible text for the beginner. Um, it kind of gets you in. It, it teaches you a very simple method for attaining hexagrams through the coin method, but a very simple one where you don't have to worry about the sixes and nines and eights and sevens and all of that. It's just you kind of look at the t- heads and tails and you f- are able to form a hexagram very simply. And then from there, I graduated on to the Wilhelm Baines translation, which was at the time the preeminent translation in, in English of, of the I Ching uh, with it of course including jung's famous forward in that book um so i kind of graduated on to that book once i became somewhat familiar with the with with the hexagrams and that book uh, of just course par- is-
2: just parenthetically that that introduction jung uh, gave to the wilhelm um, i ching uh, stood mm-hmm. as his as his first major statement about the i ching and also mm-hmm. uh, suggested how deeply uh, Im- devoted deeply uh, reliable, reliant he was on Chinese philosophy.
6: hmm and also kind of how he saw the Chinese as, and, their, and how they looked at the world completely different than the West, about how we build up causal chains for how things happen, but the, the Chinese were more about looking at the whole in the moment, down to every last detail, and about how things falling together in time yes. take on the same... Quality of that time, now, that's such um, a, and
2: that, let me let me repeat that: falling together in time take on the quality of that time. And falling together in time was what he meant originally about synchro- the word synchronicity, seeing mm-hmm. together in time.
6: Right? Yeah, that, that become then meaningfully engaged and involved, not yes. causally engaged or involved. So it it had a whole different sort of orientation. And he wrote his forward kind of as a scientist from the west looking at this system and being in respect and awe of it, but at the same time, you know, kind of positioning himself, saying, I know I'm going, kind of going out on a limb here by stating that this system, too, can work. And let me put the I Ching to a test. And he actually, you know, his forward includes two readings that he did, about, you know, to, uh, actually asking the I Ching, what do you think of this new translation? And what do you think of me, right, my position in writing this forward to the translation? Um, and then he interpreted the results and they, he got, a, you know, he got meaningful results. He said, as a psychiatrist, if a, a client had come in, uh, you know, an analysand had come in and given me these answers, I would have considered them coherent, not psychotic. Um, and here it is coming from a book, you know, an ancient book that's giving me these, these responses that speak to my question and give me further wisdom into that question.
2: So uh, yes, he uh, used uh, the term synchronicity. Yes. As we said back then in San Francisco, far out and groovy.
6: Mm-hmm.
1: Far Very out. So, yes,
6: exactly far and groovy. Um, so, however, so. there's an interesting factor about the I Ching, which is that it really still has not penetrated the West um, in terms of people using it. I mean, it's still a rarefied group, I would say, that uses the I Ching on a regular basis, that goes to seek counsel from, you know, experienced practitioners. It hasn't gained the traction of tarot cards or runes or, you know, angel readings or even um, going to an astrologer or a psychic. And I'm, I, I still kind of wonder why, because to me, who I've sampled all of those techniques, maybe with the exception of the runes. I the e Ching to me still stands as the eminent oracle, you know, in terms of its ability to accurately, um, again, feed back to, to one the quality of the time and the kind of the, the near future of what's going to kind of how events are going to unfold in the near future. And to me, it's way more a- accurate and specific. And yet somehow the West hasn't quite um stepped up and and really embraced it even like they've embraced feng shui for instance another mm-hmm. chinese system that has you know come out of the come out of the Chi- you know chinese culture um so i'm still kind of wondering about that myself i'm some trying guesses, in my own do you,
2: have some, do you have some guesses about why that is
6: um i think the book is a little well even jung himself said the book um it's it there's a high barrier to entry um when i first picked up the ni book at a Friend's party. Before I met Michael, my counselor, it was incomprehensible to me. I didn't even know where to begin, um, you know, entering the book. Um, So I think there's this high barrier to even the texts themselves. It's a rather complex system in terms of how you, you know, derive a hexagram and look it up, and then, you know, when do the change lines apply versus not apply, and then, and then, if you even get through the system of divination. Sometimes the art of interpretation is difficult. I mean, it is, I mean, we are all, no one is ever really a master of the I Ching. You continue to be a student of this remarkable system and oracle throughout one's life and encounters with it. Um, There's no such thing as kind of mastering it because the I Ching will always come at you with another challenge around interpretation. So there is this high barrier to entry. And I think um, it also, it is a different, it's a it's an Eastern system. It it has different biases than we as, as, um, embrace in the West. It has a bias more towards group and family well-being versus individual aspiration. It also looks more at um, you know seeking answers within and using your own guidance and judgment as opposed to um, going for the outer world adornments or accoutrements or um, or looking to the outer world for approval, it, it kind of embraces being, you know, strong within, strong with your group. Um, it, so there's kind of areas where it, it, it goes against kind of our Western um, orientation. So it, it's a bit of an adjustment in terms of even the advice it gives at times. Um, people might find it a little too passive in certain readings. Uh, it'll, you know, kind of tell you that, you know, go back and reflect on this, think about it. I mean, some... Some of the hexagrams almost don't seem to speak to today's circumstances, like the army, you know, or what, which has also been translated as multitude. Um, it's hard to kind of take even the text, you know, per chance one finds corpses in the wagon. You know, how do you take that text and interpret it in, you know, in your modern day circumstances? Um, there so there is of, this of, barrier. There have
2: been a lot of attempts to um, translate it into um, modern language
6: um oh i know there have yes but but they seem Um, kind
2: of they seem kind of watered down to me too
6: simplistic absolutely and i think they eviscerate the text i mean you really um in order to really fully appreciate the text you really have to keep going back to it and you have to consult different translations um i'm sorry were you going to say something you have to consult different translations. Um, for instance, I actually now don't consult Wilhelm Baines very often anymore. I use um, the Retsima Karcher translation. That's more of a concordance translation where it actually goes character by character and only putting a few articles here and there. And then, of course, it gives a description and a description of the terms. But my, most, my favorite text right now is one by um, Alfred Wong, a Chinese man who wrote an English translation I find that a little closer to the Chinese that my professor, Dr. Wu, um, basically taught us.
5: He he retranslates
2: these are a lot of barriers. Uh, as you're listening, for yeah. listening for me, it was the the you can get um, a hexagram, but then it connects to another hexagram depending on how the the, the, the individual lines uh, line up to each other. So you can go into a different hexagram from the one right. that you just threw, and then some of the descriptors are, are as you say um, a little hard to understand. That how do you compare the first one with the second one? So part of, uh, I, the bar- the entrance barrier. Uh, i now Understand is really the is a big part of this, and therefore having mm-hmm. someone who knows how to read it um, be, means that a profession like what you're trying to develop seems more and more necessary if it's to be used uh,
6: effectively. Oh, absolutely! Just like. You know, the psychics, you know, have yeah. developed a very big living for themselves as being the <laughs> professional medium of yeah, of yeah. being able to, you know, take the disembodied voices of the dead, that, you know, or what they say is the dead and, and, you know, translating that. And, you know, to be honest, I've gone to psychics and I find, again, the I Ching a much more accurate prognosticator yeah, of what... What Very interesting.
2: Happen. Now we're, mm-hmm. we're coming to coming. I I I'm getting the the impression that we're coming to the end. As I get this vibe somewhere, we're coming to the end of this segment. Uh, so we will continue the discussion with with Mary Kay Landon in the next segment after a short break. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to CC with BB connecting with coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. Our guest today is Mary Kay Landon, and we are getting a treat of a of a good look, a clear look at the I Ching. Um, I've I've toyed with the I Ching. I've looked at it. It's complicated, confusing to me, and that's because that you have to learn a lot before you can use it. And Mary Kay has learned a lot and can t- is telling us what you have to be able to know in order to be able to use it. And my conclusion now is that we need people like Mary Kay to help us Understand how to use the I Ching just the way psychics attempt to do that for other people in other ways. So, Mary Kay, let's continue this discussion about how the I Ching works and how it's difficult. And now, uh, let's continue with how you in San Francisco uh, got into using it with uh, your friend who was advising you.
6: Yes, so we would ask questions. For instance, we would lay out a grid of options. um, Uh So say I wanted to, um, I was, I thought I might get a new client. Again, I had a graphic arts business and um, again, very client focused and very client centered business. So I would, we would ask some options okay, what is the wisdom of, um, seeking to do business with this client, um, and then we would ask a keeping still question. What's the wisdom of keeping still? Meaning, maybe not going out and eliciting this business.
2: Are you saying um, that there are specific kinds of questions that are better than others to ask the I Ching?
6: Yes, yes, oh, definitely. Okay. Huh. Yeah. So there's things like, um, you know, what is? It's very good for making decisions. Um, so you put a course of action to to the I Ching, like what's the wisdom of doing X? And then what's the wisdom of not doing X? But my Michael, my counselor, exhorted me not to use the negative so much, that, but to, to sort of phrase it differently, like what's the wisdom of keeping still, as opposed to not doing X. I think other people, when they divine, they might use the negative, but I sort of try to stay away from the negatives because he thought that that wasn't a clear enough expression to the I Ching, that the I Ching might still not read the negative or something. I think there's different schools of thought on that, but that was kind of how he taught me and Then we would lay out other grids of options, for instance, if I'm pricing a big job and I don't know if I'm going to get it, I put different options down on you know on paper what's the wisdom of charging a hundred dollars what's the wisdom of charging one hundred and fifty what the wisdom of two hundred and I even get the price point that way. I actually used it more recently in buying my house, <laughs> which is a much bigger transaction. Um, I used it for that to, to determine the price point for that so I mean Things very, very specific like that, you can. But if you also want to get a lay of of the land um, reading, for instance, about a relationship, if you're troubled about a relationship or you don't know what's going on with a relationship, it could be a business relationship, a, a partnership, a romantic relationship, a friendship, any kind of relationship, you ask it, you know, what's the status of this relationship? And it'll give you kind of a lay of the land as it stands right now reading it's important to remember, though, the I Ching being the book of change, as you pointed out at the beginning of the program, it um, it, is, it is kind of commenting to you, again, on, on the events as they're happening right now. Um, I would I usually say for people, the I Ching's not a great prognosticator beyond three months, um, but... Maybe it'll show you how events are going to unfold. In fact, that's what some of the old treatises talk about, how the I Ching contains the seeds for all that is to come kind of thing. But even so, because of change and how, you know, obviously the forces of yin and yang are working in the Tao and things are changing constantly, beyond three months is probably not a a, a time frame that you're going to want to divine about, Um Even though in some cases, it will still be accurate. It it accurately predicted for me when I wanted to hire someone for my business, it accurately predicted that this was going to be a conflictual relationship. And we ended up having like a two-year relationship, and it was conflictual throughout the relationship. So sometimes it will go beyond that three-month window, but generally I don't recommend it.
2: I'm thinking about um, falling together in time, and that what Mm -hmm. you're doing when you uh, throw the coins or the arrow sticks is doing something else that will fall together in time with everything else that is happening at that time. Uh, Right. It's a a mirror of the present.
6: Right, exactly. And And, and of the forces that are making up the present, yes.
2: The, of the forces, something about ten thousand something or others that are making up the present. Um, 10,
6: oh, the world of the ten thousand things. Yeah,
2: uh, coming.
6: Yeah,
2: the ten thousand uh, forces coming together, or maybe that's what you mean. Mm-hmm. I call them vexing vectors that come into. Mm-hmm create the present. And the I Ching is making a mirror of them. I used to think of the tarot cards, which I was a tarot card reader for a while, uh, of throwing the cards up into what I thought of as the Tao or the stream of life and consciousness. And it would reflect uh, like a mirror what was going on in that Tao at that moment, in that river of time at that moment. And that's what I'm thinking more, even more clearly with the I Ching. It falls together in time with everything else but has a way of allowing us to translate those characters into words and concepts that we can understand
6: right right into also into archetypal situations that face humanity um, and that's why they've just you know they distilled the 64 different archetypal situations they claim of course through the those 64 plus the 386 additional pieces of advice that come through the change lines that that Basically, so we're talking over 4,000 combinations that you can get in a reading. That through those, you know, 4,000 plus combinations, every single situation that humanity can face is reflected in there. Wow. Um, every every single situation. Yeah. I mean, again, that's a claim. I mean, it. I'm not sure how you would empirically prove that, but um, it's it, the fact that that many readings are possible through the I Ching just shows you the immense. Um, fine-tune and co- complexity in a way that it can really bring into the moment um, kind of illustrate for you what, what archetype, what, what forces, what's the character of the force that's prevailing in the moment.
2: What, what, what do you think about uh, the quality of those 64 archetypes compared to what we think about archetypes in the West? Like the, um, like, like the cauldron is not an archetype in the West.
6: Right. Most of them, most of the archetypes in the I Ching, are actually um, kind of situationally based,
5: mm-hmm.
6: um, and and they're more. And some of them have to do with the na- forces of nature,
5: mm-hmm.
6: um, which are again, sort of extra personal. Um, and and then only a couple of them, like the, as you mentioned, the cauldron and the well, actually have to do with man-made objects. Other than that, most of them are either like a situation, like for instance, conflict. There's Two actually uh, hexagrams that refer specifically to conflict in the I Ching, and what's what's so fascinating is there are different types of conflict. One of them has to do with um, civil complaints, and the I Ching is saying you must avoid these if you can, because you know civil con- you know why go into litigation over something? Um, that's a that's creating unnecessary conflict and strife. Try to resolve that situation in a more peaceful. You know um arbitration or more equitable way, the other hexagram for conflict has to do with criminal, and it's like you absolutely have to deal with this conflict. you have to go in there and meet it and get you know and solve it and you know exert justice there um so there's so there's hexagrams that relate to that, so in a sense that would be uh, well, uh, I guess uh, some what, kind of archetype one hmm? more one more
2: comment there uh, I have been bothered by the archetypes. Um, of the of the West uh, that they tend to be nouns they tend to be mother or king or seer or um hang or the hanged man in tarot tarot card decks or or death. Um, which right. is a little bit uh, in the direction I'm talking about, but not about processes, not about right. uh, it, it, about about movement, uh, uh, about conflict. For one thing that you're mentioning, or even about love, uh, or 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 just uh, business and, and and movement. It's more things rather than action. And the I Ching mm-hmm. has a much a much more action-oriented uh, archetype set. It sounds like than the the West.
6: Does. Absolutely. Plus relationship or
2: relationships. Um, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes.
6: So it's, it's not about a single noun like a king or, a, as you said, um, a mother, a uh, child. Well, there is one about a child, but it's more about education than okay, it is good. really That's about right. a child.
2: That's
3: good. Um that's,
6: that's and there's good. there is one about birth um, but it has to do with birth into the phenomenal world uh-huh. so in a sense but again that's a process it's, it's not process. it's not really a thing. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's noun um, versus process. That that is mm-hmm. I have been it's, it's bothered me about um, Jungians and their archetypes because they tend to be all nouns.
6: Right. As opposed to as you said yeah, processes. And again the I Ching the Chinese culture so valued relationship and community and family
5: oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah.
6: That the I Ching actually has four categories of group relationships, and four, so there's four archetypes devoted to those, and then there's four devoted to romantic partnership relationships. Wow. So it shows you, out of the book, eight hexagrams deal specifically with the relationships in community, family, Uh and romantic relationships, like going to marriage, you know.
2: Yeah, again, it's in the east and the west need to be balanced, and this is a balance that you're, that I saw a deficit in, and, and you're you're filling it in. Thank you very much for that.
6: Yeah, no, and it's just fascinating. And then there's one for revolution, like like sudden change, like you know overthrowing the regime, or obviously we all have revolution, as you were mentioning with transition times, we all have revolutions in our own lives. Um, so there's a there's a hexagram that refers to revolution. Um, and then there's a hexagram that refers to peace, you know, of, of, you know, bringing in prosperity and, and having a time of, of, you know, calm when, you know, everybody prospers. Um, So there, yeah, there's just different qualities. And again, the, what's interesting about the I Ching too, is that it, um, there's many negative <laughs> readings that you can get from it. It's not, um, and that you can learn from, you know, if you get a negative reading, you know, it usually gives you a window into how to, solve that problem, or how to uh, sustain and and bear it, grin and bear it, as it were, or how to kind of work your way out, or how to use it as a teaching for, um, you know, for the next, you know, turn of the wheel. Um, Uh There's Uh literally one hexagram that I got recently. Well, it's a line in a hexagram um, that has to do with drowning. (laughs) The water going over your head and drowning. And I remember when Doctor Wu described that that particular reading. He said, that, "Yes, there are some things that are more important than life, you know." because it, it says, "Yeah, you drown, but you know, no blame." <laughs> you know, it's kind of um, again a very a different whole outlook than what we in the West
2: would, you, would can see. Could you explain that a little bit? We're coming to the end a little bit, but uh, you drown. You that means you're dead, and it doesn't yeah. does and no blame.
6: But no blame, right? That you, well, basically, a situation has overwhelmed you, uh-huh. and and uh-huh. so you are underwater. But there's no blame because you know this 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 is something that kind of had to happen. You ended up in the current, and the water has engulfed you. But you know, you, you this didn't happen because of your own fault. It it happens as part of the natural currents of life, or something unexpected misfortune happened, and you ended up kind of drowning. And there's really no blame, and under most circumstances, you're going to work your way out of that. You
2: well, know, in the in point. the West, we blame ourselves often or someone else. Mm-hmm. But to just say that's the way it is, that's something else. Now, as we come to the end of this next segment, would you please tell our audience how they can get to your website?
6: Yes, it's com. And decision, not precision, decision with a D as in dog. Decision point e Ching.com.
2: Decisionpoint.com. I I saw it on Facebook.com. I -hmm. I saw it on Mm -hmm. Facebook. um, but you have a separate website from the Facebook one, right?
6: Yes. I have a Facebook page but also a website, yes.
2: Okay. Decision point eaching decision point. We'll be back after a short break.
3: 213- 401 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213 401 0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci fi radio programming anywhere twenty-four seven, three sixty-five.
0: True healing must address four levels
2: Welcome back to CC with BB, Connecting with Coincidence, the only radio show in the world focused on synchronicity, serendipity, and a meaningful coincidence. Our guest today, Mary Kay Landon, a beautiful expert on the I Ching. This has been a fascinating discussion with you, Mary Kay. You really know this I Ching backwards and forwards, it sounds like. Uh, why does it work?
6: Well, it's funny—not um, well, funny. Ha, ha, ha. But it, it, Jung actually wrote in his foreword, "The the less one thinks about how the I Ching works, the more soundly one sleeps." Is <laughs> uh, right? kind of what he said about it. Um, and actually, at the time, I. He claims, which incorrectly, actually, that the, that the Chinese don't think about the synchronicity or whatever, or, you know, they just think about, you know, events happening in time and it all, you know, sharing the quality of the time. But actually, later philosophers in China, the, with the, the correlative cosmologists actually uh, came up with a the theory that the I Ching works because it is structured like the universe, like they sort of looked at the cosmos cosmology of what, how they considered the universe to be structured. And the I Ching is a microcosm of that macrocosm in that it has the, it has a tripartite structure. It has a heaven, which is kind of the realm of unseen events. It's the realm of, if you want to look at deity, even though Chinese you know, Chinese generally are not quite a, a deistic culture or not in the same developed way that most other cultures have been, and then the, the the realm of humanity where we can affect action, and then the realm of Earth, which is ha- having to do with the completion and the growth of action. Um, so heaven is kind of you know where things are still Kuwait and then the, the the realm of humanity where we can affect some things and and help influence the change of some things, and then Earth. So the I Ching has those three parts also embedded in its structure. And it, and because it has the, the, what they call the yin and the yang, or the which actually I've read recently, there's even some controversy that the yin yang is a later overlay onto the I Ching's firm and yielding structure. But it has to do that. Those are the forces, the primary forces of the universe. That those interacting in the three realms is a microcosm of the universe, and so that's why it can reflect. The force is happening at the time. Again, this is a theory. Um, I, it just like the whole mystery of coincidence. It's hard to really, you know, as Dr. Wu said, really no one knows ultimately, what, you know, how things work. But it's a, it's this an is as a theory. Above,
2: it's an as above, so below uh, mm-hmm. sort of thing. It's a reflection of the larger. Uh, where do fire, water, air, earth, and wood fit into the I Ching?
6: Okay, those are, um, the I Ching has eight basic, those are some of them, eight basic elements. Um, I know the five element theory that, you know, of course, uh, drives acupuncture um, and, you know, other healing modalities, including in, in a lot of Taoist practices, came later. But the I Ching actually has eight um, that come, you know, derived from the natural world, as well as heaven and earth, which are more abstract concepts, more pure, pure yang, pure yin. But then there's water. There's lake, which is not to be confused with water. There's wind or wood, which is considered the same element. Really? Which is kind of funny. Yeah, isn't that interesting? That um, They're cons- combined in the, into the sun, the same trigram, can mean either wind or it can mean wood. Um, which actually, when you think about it, it, it there are, even though... From our Western standpoint, they seem like very different forces, but they're both. There's a penetrating quality to both. You know how wood penetrates the earth and kind of comes up and sprouts and has a slow-moving quality, but yet it's penetrative. And wind has a faster-moving quality, but it also it can penetrate rock, it can penetrate water. It has a you know it has its own kind of quality. So those are considered one element in the I Ching system. And then there's fire, as you mentioned. Um, there is Okay, um, um, thunder, <laughs> thunder, or so that's like a weather event, basically, and I, have I named them all? Water, oh, mountain, mountain is the other one, which is having to do, with, you know, with the actual geographic as well as symbolic mountain, which has huh. to do with keeping still and being grounded.
2: I, I got confused Without knowing a lot, uh, because in the in the West the four elements are fire, water, air, and earth, and form the basis of astrological thinking as well as the tarot cards. Right, and right. In China, all I got Chinese. All I got was fire, water, earth, air, and earth and wood, and I just didn't know where the wood came. But what you're telling me is that in addition, there are there is lake and um, Thunder, and mount- thunder, and
6: mountain. And mountain, yeah, and like- also I think in Chinese there's metal. I mean, metal is considered one of their their five elements. Um, metal is one of them, which is not really represented in the I Ching.
2: Uh,
6: uh, 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 uh. So you can't quite map the the five element theories onto the I Ching completely. The I Ching is an older system, and then the five elements evolved later. But that became, as I said, the basis of their medicine. Um, as well as some Taoist practices and their astrology as well. They have, you know, metal years and you know, wood years and you know, they, they have different. Um, um, so it's hard. You can't really quite map them. They they are different systems.
2: In the in the five or so minutes we have left, uh, let's let's go out into um, the broader arena and uh, start the, and to talk about the I Ching and uh, political and cultural events.
6: Mm. Um, yes, I, I've, I've been blogging a little on, uh, using the I Ching to, um, see if I could predict, you know, big, 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 you know, world, uh, political events. I used it first on Brexit, um, to see whether, you know, Britain would vote, uh, the UK would vote to leave the European union. And I, I used it that day. Um, I didn't divine ahead of time. Which I think people would have thought would be fairer. If I'm actually trying to test the I Ching, I wasn't really trying to test it. I was just naturally curious, and it's written on my website the results of that reading. But I call it was a very, very clear reading that Brexit was going to. They were, you know, the the citizens of the UK were going to vote to exit, and uh, even though the, you know people who were wagering, you know, the result of this outcome were, were the wagers were going the opposite direction. But the I Ching kind of I guess again read the currents of the time in whatever way that was, being the microcosmic um, system that it is. It read the currents of the time and it it gave me this reading. I've also used it to predict outcomes of the diff- some of the presidential debates we had between Clinton and Trump. And um it it it, it accurately kind of prognosticated those. However, when I came to the election itself, I actually made an error in reading. And this is where it gets back to you're always a student of the I Ching. The I Ching will always kind of come at you from a different angle sometimes. And even though sometimes it can be very obvious and straightforward, other times it will come at you sort of at an angle. And the reading I got for Trump, even though there were two great change lines and it ended up with the creative, which is a very good outcome, Often, I read that cre- when it comes to the creative as a very abstract, like full of potential, but not necessarily realization on the material plane, whereas Hillary's reading seemed more down to earth. And so I, I I predicted that she would win. but then I was but in a sense, she did because she got the popular vote, but yet she didn't win. So I actually so I had to write another blog explaining that I did get get it wrong, and that and, and this is kind of why I thought it, I got it wrong. And it actually drew the attention of Hillary Barrett over in England. She's a very well-known I Ching um, advocate and scholar, and she has a whole big website and she hosts a bunch of blogs. And she actually agreed with my um, the way that I interpreted the reading the second time around, which was kind of a Monday morning quarterbacking. But I wanted to really look at the reading again and see how how I had gotten that wrong, and I had and that the I Ching itself had actually prognosticated correctly. But, again, the art is in the interpretation as well.
2: What I'm, I'm learning from you, Mary Kay, um, is that I understood the more abstractly the falling together in time idea. Uh, more abstractly, even with the tarot card readings that I would do, it was kind of like an interesting idea, and uh, maybe that's really what's going on. But from listening to you, uh, a properly done I Ching reading can truly reflect the falling together in time of everything, including the I Chings falling together with what's going on in that time.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: That's pretty. And it said it could be
6: used. Yeah, it could be used even. Yeah, it said in these broader arenas, which is what. I was trying to do I also now I have a a woman here that whose mother was really into the I Ching and wrote one of the many books on the I Ching and I've actually co-taught with her and we have a little controversy over this I was using the I Ching also to prognosticate the outcome of baseball games Um, I'm a real baseball fan and um, and even like I did it for the Super Bowl and things like that just as again almost like a way to fine-tune my own interpretive um, capacities and and abilities um, because it was a sporting event which has a clear outcome, and it's kind of interesting to use it for that. But my, uh, again, my, this woman that my colleague actually disagrees with me, thinking that it's kind of a trivial use of the I Ching. The I Ching should not be used in a trivial way. And so we have a disagreement. I, I think that as long as you're not using it for wagering um, or to gain advantage in some way, that you're using it for ethical reasons, that it's okay to prognosticate about larger events. Um, that are outside of your own personal purview, um, but there is different schools of thought on that.
2: Yeah, that, that, the, the the ethics and morality of uh, I Ching use, given that it l- looks like it's an amazingly uh, powerful thing, uh, need to be better ex- explicated. I'm going to ask yes. you uh, after we're, this is finished to send me the reference of the of the. I think you mentioned two books uh, that you find uh, useful in addition to um, a reference for the Wilhelm edition so that I can put them on my Psychology Today blog for anybody who might want to read further into those books.
6: Okay. Yeah, I have like the couple that I use now plus the one that i used at the beginning that's an an excellent reference for beginners yeah please
2: please give a little blurb about each one and thank you very very much mary Kay, for being on the program you were very very informative thank you very much
6: well thanks for having me bernie take care now thank you